morning. There we go. I wasn't expecting that. So I just want to start off this morning by saying that this is not going to be the normal New Year's preach. It's not going to be this rah, rah, get you going, hyped up. It's not going to be that. But I do believe that there's something on God's heart that he wants to share with us this morning. And there's something that he is going to share with us. And I, I pray that we would open up our hearts to what he has for us. And I'm going to start, and I'm going to take us back a couple of years, 15 years ago. Uh, it was one of the most important days of my life. It was the day that I met that beautiful woman over there. And she took my breath away, completely and utterly. Her sass, her everything, her beauty, she was just like perfection. And there was good old average Joe. And... I did what every other good old average Joe does when they first meet a woman. I went and Facebook stalked her. <laughs> and I went and I, I dug deep into her Facebook profile and I had to find out absolutely everything about this woman. I had to know where she came from. I had to know how old she was. I had to know what she liked, what she didn't like. I needed to make sure that what I was getting myself involved in was right. Okay. But does that make me know her? Does that make me know who she is? And no, I don't think so. Facebook told me everything. Facebook told me what she likes, what she dislikes, what she doesn't do, what she does do. But it doesn't, didn't tell me who she was. And that's exactly what happened. The next time I met her, I had a mouthful of teeth. I didn't know this woman. I didn't know who she was. And it took like months and months of me spending time with her, spending time with this woman to understand who she really, really was. And that was an incredible start to a beautiful, beautiful marriage. And it's the same with Jesus. It's exactly the same with Jesus. Do you know him for the things that he does? Do you know him for the healings that he does for you and your family? Does, do you know him for the provision that he gives you and your family and the protection that he gives you and your family? I'm not sure. And I asked myself the same question today, and I'm asking all of us, do we know who Jesus is? We kept on singing about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But do we know him for who he is, or do we know him for the things that he does? And I want to say, I'm not sure. The problem is, what happens is that when he doesn't heal, and he doesn't protect, and he doesn't provide in the ways that we expect him to, we start to lose hope in who he is. But do those things make him who he is? I'm not sure. And it's just like with Rob's, on the days where she doesn't love me the way I want her to love me, she doesn't kiss me and hug me the way I want her to, does that make her any less of my wife on that day? No. Does that make who Robin is? No. Robin is still Robin. And first and foremost, she is the daughter of the Most High. What she does does not make her who she is. And don't get me wrong, I have to say that all of these things that I've mentioned about, about God are so important, crucial actually for our relationship with Him. But I, I truly believe that we need to go back and we need to hold on and we need to read about and understand and chew and digest the I am of the Bible. The I am who was and is 
and is to come. The fact is that we are living in an I am world. The self-righteous, self-absorbing, self-consuming, all-consuming world that we live in. We seem to live in this instant gratification world of pick up a phone, pick up your tablet, go on the net, and we have access to endless information. And we seem to think that when we have that, we are all-powerful, all-knowing, all-consuming, and that we are the only important things in this world. And we have become the I am's of this world. And I'm saying to you today, well, I'm asking you a couple of questions. And if you've got little journals or, or notepads, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and I want you to write them down. And I want you to take them home, and I want you to work through them. And what is, what is God saying to you today? What is he said? What was the last thing he said to you? And what is he saying for this year ahead? What is the word for this year? And I don't think that we ever, or we will not know what he is doing and what he is saying unless we have a true revelation of who he is and spend time with the I am. In Exodus 3, God has this amazing conversation with an ordinary man, Moses. And he, he, it's in the burning bush moment. And God chose Moses, this average Joe, to reveal himself to him, to Moses, and the rest of the Israelite people. He gave him the words, I am. And he's still saying that today. God cannot lie. So when he says that I am, he means it. And he allows himself on that day, and he still is, he allows himself to be more personal, personal with Moses. And you know why Moses could hear that? I'm saying the same thing to us today. Moses was humble enough to actually listen. We prayed this morning that instead of us asking and asking and asking, that we would stop and start listening. And we would hear that quiet, quiet still voice. In Exodus 3 verse 14, it says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God calls himself the I am. And this is like a pivotal moment in this redemptive story of God. He, as I said, he becomes personal with Moses. In that moment, he says to him, I am. And he reveals himself. And at that time, he takes his people out of slavery. And he, I believe he's still doing the same thing today. He becomes personal with all of us. And he says, I am. And I want to remove you from this bondage that you have in the world. God says, you want to know me? You want to know who I am? Here I am. Here I am. He's all-compassing. He's past, present, future. But still, how, how do we not trust him? How do we sit there and hear these words and still not trust him? And it was the same as the Israelites. They, they still struggled. They heard this word. They heard what God had said to Moses. And they still struggled to understand. They still struggled to have this relationship with the I am. He seemed a little bit unreachable. But Jesus. Jesus stepped out of eternity, stepped off his throne, came to dwell amongst us. He died for us. 
He died for us so that we could have access to the Father, the I am, but only through him. He says that only through me. And in John, and only in John, Jesus explicitly describes himself as God and explains himself in seven I am statements. And I'm not going to go through all of them today. I've chosen a few, and maybe in the future, Gabe will give me an opportunity to preach the rest. But the I am statements are this metaphorical understanding of what Jesus is and who Jesus is. And he sits there, and a lot of them follow from miracles that he does. And he says in John 5 verse 8, it says, Truly, truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So he starts off by saying those things. And Jesus is having this discussion with the, 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 the leaders and he, he didn't just have a discussion, he was almost challenging them and, and things that, saying things that, that not many people could say to the leaders of that time. But his ultimate goal, his ultimate goal was to reveal himself to these guys, to, to help them get out of bondage, of religion, in exactly the same that he's doing today. He's still saying the same things. He doesn't say, I was. He didn't say, I will be. He says, I am. And he's saying that to us today. But the problem is the world is still fighting against him. We need to remember that Jesus is ever present with you. Not in the past, not only in the future, but he is with us today. So let's unpack. I'm going to go through two. I am the bread of life and I am the good shepherd. And if you've got your Bibles, Let's open up to John 6, uh, 1 to 35. We're not going to read all of it, but we're going to go through and unpack a little bit here. It says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. And is it just like us today? We seem to just follow Jesus for what he can do, not only and not for the right reason of just who Jesus is. We need to seek him for who he is, friends. Then Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down with his disciples, and the Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, because he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it will take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of them to have just a bite. Just a bite. And the same way I still think, I think that I'm going to get the absolute bare minimum at the most cost. And I forget sometimes that Jesus had paid all the cost already. He's paid it in full. He's paid the price for us to have access to absolutely everything that he has in store for us. After, his, after uh, another one of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter, bro, brother, broke, sorry, excuse me, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There is plenty of grass in the place, and they sat down. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed them to who they were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, 
he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled the 12 baskets with pieces of barley, uh, five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And if you remember, I explained that these I am statements are sort of metaphors explaining these, these miracles that Jesus did. And this is, the, the next part is exactly what, what I said. In verse 32, we're going to read 32 to 35. Very, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who gave, who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Once again, just like us today, give, give, Jesus, give. That's all I want. I just want to take, take, take. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never, ever drive away. I want to... I want to share a little story um, just to give us some context as to what Jesus is saying here. And it's an old story. It's about a Scotsman who decided he wanted to go from Scotland to America. And it was the old days where you used to climb on a, on a boat and spend weeks on end trying to get to your destination. So what he decided to do was that he was going to go and take all his money that he had and go and buy this ticket. So he bought his ticket, and he's getting ready for the, for the trip, and he got food. He needed food for the trip, so he grabbed some biscuits, some, some cheese, some, some fruits. He packed it in his bag, he climbed on the boat, and for the first couple of days, he was amazed. He was happy, he was joyful, he had everything he needed, he had the food. But after the fourth or fifth day, things started going a bit sour. His biscuits started going stale. His mold, I mean, his cheese started going moldy, and his fruit started spoiling. So he decided to take the last little bit of money that he had and go through to the dining room on the ship to go and eat. And to his surprise, he walked into the dining room and the entire spread was included in the price. Entire spread, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever he wanted was included in the price that he had paid. And it's exactly how God does. He provides the essentials for us in our lives essentials for us in our life and into eternity and without a price without a cost Jesus did it he is the bread of life and I want to ask you what are the essential essentials in your life is it your job is it the money that you have in your bank account is it your family your friends and I have to be honest with you I find myself holding on to those things as well sometimes but it's wrong it's so wrong. And I think some of us here still today do that. We look to the world. We look to the things of this world to sustain us, to make us whole. But actually there's that hole in the middle of us that just doesn't get filled. And nothing, nothing on the internet, nothing in your world, nothing will ever fill that. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. He sustains us. His food, 
His food gives us and remains in us forever. And I want us to think about something. It's quite a simple concept, but we got to eat the food to digest it. And if we don't do that, we die. Am I right? Pretty simple, hey? But I want us to hold into that understanding because I think Jesus wants to say a few things here with that. You can examine the food. You can look at it, study it, understand it, smell it, read about it, make sure it's banting or whatever the new one is. But unless we put the food in our mouth and digest it, we will not be sustained. It's the same as Jesus. We can have all the knowledge about him. We can read about him and try and understand him. But unless we sit there metaphorically eating of him daily, we will die. And I want us to just think about that for a moment. Because his word is true. The word of God, Jesus, is something that we need to be chewing on mentally, physically, every single day for us to be sustained. His word is true and alive. It never lies. And we can trust every single word of it. Who of you trusts every word explicitly in the Bible? Trusts it completely? I'm not sure I do. I can't say that I do. And I struggle with that. But we need to have a revelation of the word. We need to have a revelation of Jesus. Our revelation. Not secondhand revelation. Not Gabe's revelation. Not Mark's revelation. Not whoever. Stephen Furtick's revelation. We have got to have our own revelation of Jesus. And eating in the physical and eating spiritually is a personal thing. Jared, you've got to eat your food for yourself. I've got to eat the food for myself. It's the same spiritually. We cannot rely on secondhand information. We've got to have this revelation of Jesus. And we've got to trust that. The problem is that we run after fast food. We sit there eating fast food to quickly sustain us. Instead of sitting there preparing a meal, we quickly sustain us. It's the same spiritually. We go after the easiest thing to sustain us. But I believe Jesus is saying today, I want you to sit and wait. I want you to sit and eat. I want you to sit and listen. So for those who do write things down, I want you to write these two questions down. And I really hope and pray that you'll go home and chew on them. If Jesus does satisfy our hunger, which the word says, and we saw it, I saw a lot of us nodding at all of us understanding and believing every word that the Bible says, then why do we resist him? And the next question is, what are you currently feeding on? Next part is, I am the good shepherd. John 10, 10 to 15, it says, the, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
Then the wolf attacks the flocks and the flock scatters. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And many of us don't have this understanding of sheep and shepherds. We don't live with sheep and shepherds. If you do, forgive me, I'm sorry. But back in the day, they did. Who Jesus is speaking to actually really understood it because it was a crucial part of their lives. And I also want to highlight two things, or one thing, that Jesus said in this very small part of Scripture, he said, I am the good shepherd. He said it twice. And when the writers of the Bible, or when Jesus spoke, he often, or they often, had this double emphasis, like they wanted to get the point across. Like Jesus said, truly, truly. He wanted to grab your attention. And I'm saying the same thing today. Jesus is trying to grab our attention. He's saying, I am not only the shepherd, but I am the good shepherd. Listen, please. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, and nothing escapes him. So if that is true, then Jesus knows us. And the good shepherd knows us so, so well. Actually, no one else knows you. No one else knows you better than Jesus, the good shepherd. The only thing that will keep the good shepherd from tending to his sheep are those sheep who do not trust him and refuse to follow him. There's a, a fashion within Christian circles of uh, sheep are dumb. And then trying to apply this analogy to us as, as Christians and following Jesus. And I don't think that's very helpful, nor do I think it's very right. It's, not, it's like me going around and pointing fingers at you and Gabe and everyone saying, you're dumb, you're stupid. I don't think that's right. It's not helpful at all. What I do think, though, sheep are not dumb. They are dependent. They seem to also go astray very easily. And it's the same as us. We are dependent on the good shepherd, and we go astray. And I, I'm going I'm to give you an example. I've never done a prop thing, so forgive me if this doesn't, doesn't work. Michelle decided to steal it just now, so I don't know if it's right. <laughs> so I want, to, I want to hold this up here. And that shows a little graph. Picture a little graph. I, did, I didn't want to put a graph on the thing. I wanted to do a little prop thing. So it shows a graph. It's going up. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He wants to take us up all the time. And this is where he wants us to be. That's where he's sitting. And he wants us to be there. But unfortunately, some of us find ourselves at the bottom here. And we look back and we go, how on earth did I get there? Or why have I gone astray? Or why do I find myself in the place that I'm at? But if you look back right in the beginning, there's like only a one centimeter gap between the rope and the floor. And the problem is you keep on going and you get two centimeters and three centimeters. And over time, you are very, very, very far away from God. Just like the sheep, they went astray. All we have to do 
Friends, it's quite simple. All we have to do is trust and obey. Two things. Trust, obey. And the good shepherd will do absolutely everything else for you. And why do we find it so hard to obey and to trust? It's not very complicated. He is absolutely trustworthy. And if we are thinking that we can do this by ourselves, and if we are thinking that it is on our terms, and I can do it better than what God can do it, then I think we are a little bit silly. He always leads us into green pastures. He always leads us to still waters. He's a God that cares. He loves us. He loves you so much. He's not going to give you the sour and bitter water of the desert. He's not going to give you the rocks for the food. He wants you to have those green pastures and those quiet, still waters. But unfortunately, like a shepherd, sometimes we've got to take, he's got to take his sheep from the crawl, wherever you put them, I'm not sure. But you've got to take them there to the green pastures, and there's stuff in between. There's a desert, a wasteland in between sometimes. But I want to tell you something. I know that I know without a doubt that wherever Jesus has got you right now, whether it is the green pastures or whether you're going through that hard, hard time, he has you there for a reason and he knows what he's doing. Jesus is not only the bread that sustains, but he is also the one who leads us. He never pushes us, but he leads us gently. The two questions I have for you here are, who are you being led by? And who are you following? They sound very similar, but they are two very, very different questions. And just to finish off today, I believe that there's something simple. I want to leave something simple with you, something that you can take home with you, something that is not rocket science, and that is Jesus. He's not difficult to understand. He's there sitting, waiting for you. He is the I am. And I believe this year, as we start this year, let's not run to the world. Let's not overcomplicate our lives with stuff. Let's simplify our lives and run back to Him. Let's run back to Him. Let's not over-Christianese things. It is not like that. Let us run back to the I am, the ever-present I am. Let's stop looking for Him in the middle of the healing. Let's look for the healing in the middle of Him. Let's stop looking for him in the provision. And let's start looking for the provision in him. And I, I made a mistake the last time I preached. I didn't, I didn't give a moment to respond. And I started off this morning by saying, I really, this is on God's heart. And I'm, a, I'm like almost emotional here because... I really believe that this is so true. This is, this is something that we need to be doing this year. We need to be running back to Him. And I want to I do something that I haven't done in years. 
I want to invite people up. I believe there's people here that don't even know the I am. You walk through these doors every week and you don't even know who he is. You know him for what he is, but you don't know who he is. And I think there's, there'll be guys up here and I'd love to pray with you, spend time praying with you. I also think there's, there's people who, like my example here, have gone astray and nothing hugely sinful, nothing that you've done explicitly wrong, but just day in, day out, you just get a little bit further and further away and you find yourself sitting here just going, Lord, I don't even know where I am. I don't know where you are. And there's almost a prodigal son return that I believe God wants this morning. And also just if you're sitting here and you are looking for that healing, I'm trusting big time for healing in my life. And if you are looking for that provision, the I am is here. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. And I want to ask Michelle just to, just to lead us in, in the one song that just tied everything together this morning for me. And while she's leading, everyone can go off if they really want. But I believe there's a moment for people to come and get ministered to. Let the word minister. Let Jesus minister to you this morning. So I'd like to close in prayer. And while I close in prayer, if you want to come, start coming forward, be brave enough to do so. Father, we just, we just want to slow down. Our tendencies are to start off the year and run. But I actually just I ask that we would just slow down in our hearts, slow down in our minds, that we would be able to intentionally have a relationship with you Jesus intentionally spend time with you and just in this moment I pray Lord that those who do need you that you would just start pressing on their hearts encouraging them showing them who you are Lord and I pray that over every single one of us that the revelation of who you are the I am would settle it wouldn't be head knowledge, but there would be a drop from our head into our hearts of this revelation, radical, fresh revelation of who Jesus is. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would come now. Start moving, start changing, start doing what you want, sovereign Lord. What you want, not us, but that you would start changing our lives.